BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Moline looks to make the most of a rare opportunity. The current Interstate 74 bridge covers more than 12 acres of prime real estate in the heart of Moline. By the year 2022, the State Department of Transportation will hand it over to the city and other property owners to do with it as they please. For Moline... It's not just a dozen acres of unused land. Much of it already has utilities underneath, and all of it links the downtown with parts of the riverfront. So what should be the vision? Joining me are two men who may have an idea or two. Tom Murphy is the former mayor of Pittsburgh and a senior resident fellow of the Urban Land Institute, and the Institute's senior vice president is Tom Eitler, both sitting down with me. Mr. Mayor, what was your first impression when you came to Moline and you saw what the downtown looked like? Well, I, you know, I, I'm in love with the John Deere Pavilion, right? And the, the fact is you're on the river and the fact that you have the Tax Slayer Center and you have this opportunity. It's a puzzle that you need to put the pieces together. You have the pieces to make a spectacular city. I think the challenge your community has and I think the, the bridge property might be the catalyst is the how do you connect the good pieces of what's going on in Moline, fill in the blanks, so to speak, the parking surface parking lots. And That's the big issue. It's a big issue. Fill them in with yeah, housing and retail. Well. Yeah, okay. I mean, you're bringing hundreds of thousands of people into downtown Moline who visit the John Deere Pavilion or going to performances at the Tax Slayer um, Center, but there's not a whole lot for them to do before or after. And, and so that part of the challenge for the city is to think about how do they connect all that. Well, Mr. Eitler, tell me, how does the Urban Land Institute fit into this? So we're a research and education organization. We're based in Washington, D.C., but we've got a global presence. We've got about 52 district councils. We've been doing these advisory service panels, which I think we're going to do for Moline probably in January or February. We're going to bring together a group of experts, and they're going to be here for a whole week to talk with people, interview people, and provide strategic advice to downtown Moline, to the city, as well as uh, Renew Moline. Well, let's, let's be honest. Moline, Illinois is not unique. It right. is small. It's right. a Rust Belt city. It right. really got hit in the 80s. Right. It's trying to come back. Retail has left. A mall was built. So what new ideas do you have for an area that's faced all the old problems? No, it's a, it's a good question. We go to dozens of places like this around the country all the time. And so smaller mid-sized and smaller cities are, are part of our um, repertoire. We bring in folks who are developers in these kind of cities and land economists who look at the market and, and try to figure out, take, take a, an approach that would, would allow the city to try to ad, take advantage of what they have. 
The land economists and the market analysts who will serve on this panel will actually provide advice to the developers. The developers will come up with a development program. They'll provide uh, several options. And then our planners and, and architects will help say how that should be designed. But more importantly, we'll get people like Tom Murphy and other city leadership folks who will talk about how do you get chronologically, how do you start this process, and how do you do things that are going to happen that are going to help the downtown. Well, and Mr. Mayor, let's be honest, the other big thing is that the city, the government can't do it on its own. You made a point in Pittsburgh of finding investment, find right. people right. who want to invest You need to, to build the partnerships, okay? And, and Moline has a history of good partnerships. You can see the results of some of that. And that's the key is the city and a, a, so the developer comes and says, I want to do this. And here's so when I was mayor, a developer would come and say, Mayor, I have a great idea for you. And I'd say, with all due, with, through all due regard, tell me why it's a good idea for you. Mm -hmm. and we'll decide whether it's a great idea for us. And if our self-interests come together, we'll be a good partner with you. That assumed we knew what we wanted. And so that's the first thing. Maline needs to be clear on what it, what it wants its downtown to be. And it could be a mix of residential, retail, commercial. Uh, but they, and then they got to go after that. Well, okay, so the key is to have a vision. A vision first. But that's a unified vision, and a lot of people might have different ideas. But it needs to bring, it needs to be, a, 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 there's always going to be disagreement. I, look, at, I, I'm a, I have a lot of arrows in my back. <laughs> sure. I understand that, right? Uh, and you, you've got to try to build as much of a support as you can, but then you, you can't not do anything. You can't just sit still. because. Fundamentally, the world is changing so rapidly, right? Well, and that's a perfect example. Right. I mean, you're talking about the world changing right. so rapidly. Right. I was looking at studies for what downtown Moline should look like just in 2001. That's right. just 18 years it's ago. It's completely different. It's right. completely different. So right. how do you plan now for 20 years from now? Well, I mean, it, it, it's, the, it's the ultimate question, right? What's right. your vision? What do you want to be? Um, I think one of the things people don't realize is there are sort of um, there are land economics issues that our folks, I think, can provide some advice on, but it's really the leadership that has to decide what that unified vision is. What you have to do is you start someplace and then you get people to understand it and then they start coming along with you. I think I, my, my approach on, on all of these panels has always been let, let the folks who are not, don't have a dog in the fight in Moline or in the Quad City area, people from outside who can bring examples and analogs from other places around the world and say, here's how we did it here. Does this work for you? Is the key then, I mean, because you keep hearing this at least now from development right. uh, circles, pedestrian, pedestrian, pedestrian. It's an important part. Connectivity, walkability, all of those things come into development now. Tom has a great statistic that he has about the number of kids these days. So the average 24-year-old today is six times less likely to own an automobile than their parents. Pretty amazing because for us, we couldn't get the driver's license <laughs> soon enough. Right, that's right. And now, kids are more focused on mobility. I mean, if you go to Washington, D.C., you're going to get run over by a scooter. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's these scooters and the bicycles and... Uh, uh, and you have Uber, you have public transit. Yeah, so how people are moving around is very different than what, in my age, what we did at that age. but. Further, also, boomers, people like me with gray hair, we are making different choices about how we want to live. If you look where boomers are moving, and you read AARP magazine, they want walkable communities, they want good culture and arts, the affordable communities, 
bike trails, walking trails because we don't want to sit in a rocking chair all the time, mm. right? And, and so cities that are shaping themselves for both of those markets, which are very similar in many ways, right? Then that, there are cities that are going to succeed. And you can watch it, big cities like a Denver. Look at, if you've been to Denver Union Station, which was a, essentially an abandoned railroad station with 30 acres of, now there's billions of dollars worth of development here in the last 10 years. Because Denver reimagined that in a different kind of way. Small cities like Greenville, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, Erie, Pennsylvania, not much bigger than you guys, have thought about themselves in a different kind of way. Well, and you've definitely seen that, the renaissance of right. old buildings, the, right. the, the, right. the creation of uh, right. living spaces in right. what used to be warehouses. Right. And as you may know, as Moline was known for the warehouses, the right. deer right. warehouses that are right. all gone now, right. and that's what uh, the Tax Layer Center right. replaced. Right. That's what the Deer Pavilion right. replaced. Right. But there's still a lot of history downtown. Is, is right. that also a key, is to preserve uh, that? The, the authentic, authenticity of a place has the greatest value. If you can capture that, and that's what, for me, the John Deere Pavilion and your history. John Deere is an iconic brand in America. If, if you've ever been to Hershey, Pennsylvania, Hershey has built around their iconic brand. There's a little ride that will take you to show you how chocolate's made from the cocoa. But then they built a whole Hershey Park, and there's a whole day or two that you would spend in Hershey because they built on that iconic brand. And that's the John Deere Pavilion is, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of people a year come to Moline just because of John Deere. So you talk about Deere, but you also have to talk about this I-74 bridge that's moving. Right. That is a unique opportunity right. for right. a community to have that in the heart of the city. To have the city get control over that, to have a partnership downtown that can control over that land so they can understand how it can build into that vision is incredibly important. We, we were with that group today of, of uh, you know, thinking about what do you do with that property? Um, do you just turn it into parks? Do you think about what kind of residential that could go down there? What kind of commercial could go down there? All of those things will be in the, in the assignment that this Urban Land Institute panel will get. Because one of the great jewels of that piece of property, that 12 to 13 acres of land, is that the bridge was built in the 30s and then the second bridge in the 50s. There's infrastructure under there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, you're you've not got water lines, you've got water storage, right. I mean, you've got a lot of problems. But, you know, you can work around those. But there's also a lot of land that could be developed in some different manner. I but think, I think developers might see that as a plus, too. Sure. I mean, they, you've got the existing infrastructure there. The real question is, is what's the demand, what's the pent-up demand for residential in the downtown area? I think that is going to change. As Tom was saying, we've gone to a lot of these communities, but the, the desire for having people living in downtown has changed dramatically, even in, in 20 years, 15 years. I go to changed. cities that... I mean, even five or six years ago, said, oh, nobody wants to live in downtown Moline or nobody wants to live in this downtown Erie, right? And, and then you were able to have the city partnering with the developer and get some residential going. And it, it's a home run. It's almost 100% occupancy in right. each of the downtowns right. of the city. So the, the question, I mean, that was a testing the market and it looks like it's working. And the question is, can you now accelerate that? And then that begins to feed on itself. More people downtown, more stuff going on. More, more retail. More people say, yeah. hey, you know, it's, it looks like it would be a great place to live, you know, and not have to deal with a, an acre of land. And, as I get rid of my kids, right? Exactly. Because so you've been pointing, you know, you've been pointing out the jewels of the downtown area, right. the arena, right. the tax right. layer center, right. the, the John Deere Pavilion right. there. In, in Pittsburgh, much grander scale, but you also a river community. You also developed 
parks and fountains and meeting right. places. Right. How important is it to have it's, that that's, type of that's, uh, I mean, like, collection? I mean, I, I, your riverfront, I mean, is, you have a spectacular opportunity on your riverfront, and you have the public trail, but you'd, you've not created restaurants and places there that people want to go. People, the, the water's magic. People love to be near the water, and that's what we did in Pittsburgh. We had really very little public access to our rivers. Now we have 30-mile riverfront park, but in lots of different places there's restaurants and bars and you know, there's kayaking where you can rent kayaks or you can rent bikes. But is that organic? Is it that, that the city no, did, we did something? No, we did it very intentionally. I mean, we, and we underwrote some of it because we wanted to, to test the market, okay? And, and, and there's, uh, I, I mean, um, probably two or three billion dollars of development along our waterfronts now. But all of it has a public park. And, like, companies were worried about security. Like, bike people when riding bikes are going to break into their building. But when we said, no, there's going to be a park, they changed the whole design of the building. They put locker rooms in for their employees so that the employees could use the trail at lunchtime to be healthier, right? So it, we, we had changed the whole culture of our city and uh, how we thought about our waterfronts. You'll hear more from Mayor Tom Murphy and Urban Land Institute's Vice President Tom Eitler as they make future visits to Moline to further develop a plan for the city's downtown. And you can find out more about these efforts by contacting Renew Moline at RenewMoline.com. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.